The AP Pro Football Podcast is presented by Cairn University. Hey, this is Russell Wilson. This is Joe Montana. This is Dak Prescott. Hey, this is Jason Kelsey, and you're listening to Rob Motti. Rob Motti. Rob Motti. Rob Motti. I am Rob Motti, and welcome to the AP Pro Football Podcast. We have mini camps, mandatory mini camps at that. Some teams still having their OTAs, haven't had the mandatory mini camp. That means Tom Brady is back on the field this week with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who do have their mini camp, their last action until training camp. San Francisco has Debo Samuel. He's there. He's not practicing, but he's at least at the 49ers complex. And the Rams are just giving out money. Aaron Donald gets a, a ton of cash and a contract extension. And now wide receiver Cooper Cup. Reports say $75 million guaranteed, which is the new high for any wide receiver surpassing Tyreek Hill. Our guest this week is Greg Olson. He was a three-time Pro Bowl tight end during a 14-year career with the Chicago Bears, Carolina Panthers, and the Seattle Seahawks. Greg is now the lead NFL analyst for Fox Sports in only his second season in the booth. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about his involvement with tight end university camp. He started that last year with George Kittle. They're raising money with Bridgestone for the boys and girls clubs around the country. We'll also talk about his transition to the booth. Let's get his thoughts on two of his former teammates, Cam Newton and Russell Wilson, and much more. Here's my conversation with Greg Olson. Greg Olson, thank you for joining me on the AP Pro Football Podcast. I spoke to George Kittle last week about tight end university. And and now I know you, George, Travis Kelsey, along with Bridgestone, you guys have a a competition to raise funds for the hometown boys and girls clubs of all the players who are going to be participating in the tight end university summit. So tell me a little bit about that, what you guys are doing, how friendly this competition is. Yeah, it's a, it's a really special kind of element that we're bringing to TEU this year. We worked with Bridgestone last year and, and we're able to make a nice contribution to the Boys and Girls Club. We were able to host um, a bunch of the, the, the kids from the Boys and Girls Club down in Nashville for last year's camp. And then this year, just on, on the backs of the camp continuing to go so well and the experience with Bridgestone and TEU as a whole going as well as it did and us being able to kind of expand, um, they, they came up with this really cool kind of campaign and each tight end can kind of fundraise and promote within their own local markets and uh, the local market that has the most donations at the end before the camp, um, they'll get an extra $50,000 on top of the $500,000 that TEU and Bridgestone are going to contribute to the Boys and Girls Club. So um, the Boys and Girls Club and Bridgestone have had a great relationship over the years. And and now for TEU, for us to join forces with them and and them allow us to enter into that relationship uh, means a lot to us. So it's a great event, and for us to work with both Bridgestone and the Boys and Girls Club um, just continues to elevate the impact that this that the TEU event has um, all across the country. And you've selected the one in Charlotte, right? That community uh, where you played for a number of years. Uh, just tell me about the the impact and the meaning uh, that it that it has for you. Yeah, I mean, I remember I grew up in a town in Wayne, New Jersey, and I remember as a kid playing for the Boys and Girls Club. Uh, we played uh, basketball, we played football. Um, they didn't have baseball, so we played actually the little league, which was on the premises of the boys and girls club. So for, I'd say the first 10 years of, of my, you know, childhood playing sports and whatnot in my town, um, you know, almost primarily it, it started off in the beginning, all through the boys and girls club. So I have great memories of, of that space and that facility and the resources that it gave, um, you know, me and my brothers and our family. So 
for everything to come full circle now. And, and again, for Bridgestone to have this pre-existing relationship with the Boys and Girls Club and for TEU to just in our own way, try to help elevate it and help, you know, just add to it, um, you know, not only through this campaign, but through the overall donation in the camp and having the kids on, on site um, in a couple of weeks. It's just, it, it just works so seamlessly. And we're just grateful for Bridgestone to uh, bring this con- bring this to our attention. George told me how you guys both really kind of helped get this idea for tight end university going last year. And it's cool to see even more players are coming back. Just how excited are you about hosting it again? And and what can guys expect when they come down? Yeah, we were blown away last year by just how successful it was. Um, You know, what started as just a kind of a a text message exchange shortly after I retired between me and George. Um, Then we brought in Travis into the fold and the three of us just kicked around, you know, how cool would it be if we could host down in Nashville where a lot of, NFL tight ends spend their off seasons. How cool would it be if we could build sort of a summit, sort of a, a, a camp, a mini camp, sort so to speak, that a lot of the other positions have been doing? What if we did one for the tight end group? And and last year, in a short time, we had fifty people, you know, fifty tight ends from around the league show up, and um, you know, they ranged from seventeen year veterans like Mercedes Lewis to you know rookies and like Kyle, you know, Kyle Pitts, and who was just drafted a few months earlier. So. We, we knew we were on to something, and, and this year we're able to grow it by almost 50%. We'll have, we'll have approximately 75 tight ends, and you know through the great partnerships and sponsors, sponsors just like Bridgestone, it's allowed us to just continue to bring more resources and more opportunities for not only the tight ends that come, but also through the philanthropic component to TEU, which is from the very beginning been at the forefront. So yeah, the guys get a great balance of work. We have a little fun, and then there's the, the charitable component. So it's it's a really special three days and the, the, the outpouring of support and, and the interest level of all the players has just been incredible. Greg, you only just recently retired, but how have you seen the position evolve because you played at an elite level and now you're seeing more guys who are the George Kittle type guys who are at that higher level, Travis Kelsey, uh, how have you seen this position since your rookie season way back to now? How have you seen it evolve? Yeah, just there's so many more guys. You know, when I came out, the production level at the very top, you know, the Jason Wittens and the Gates and the Gonzalez and those household names, they kind of dominated the production. If you, if you had five, six hundred yards, you could be a top tight end in, you know, top 10 tight end in the NFL when I first came in the league in 07. And now, you know, you look at the, the most productive guys in the league and, and, and you know, there's multiple guys over a thousand, uh, you know, tons of guys in that high 800, 900. They're the focal points of their passing game. It's um, it, it's, it's really come a long way. And you see a lot of the more con- the more consistent and competitive offenses, you know, the ones in the playoffs, the ones competing for Super Bowls, they all have a marquee guy. You know, these last couple of Super Bowls. You know, almost every you know matchup has at least one marquee tight end, and I don't think that's by accident. I think it's something that every offense is looking for. I think quarterbacks love the position; they feel a lot of security and and a lot of you know just cohesiveness with that position. And um, they're not easy to find, but they're becoming a little more prominent now. And and um, I think the position as a whole is elevating as a result. Speaking of one of those tight ends, Rob Gronkowski hasn't committed to. Uh, playing yet with Tampa this year. Uh, George told me he's got an open invitation at tight end U. Have you heard from him? Do you know if he's going to be? Yeah, I, ha- I haven't. We haven't heard from him. We'd, we'd love Rob to join us. Obviously, he's been one of the top guys in the league for a long time. Um, you know, he, he couldn't make it last year, but 
he has an open invite. We'd love, we'd love for him to come and, and not only work out with us, but also share, you know, some of his experiences and share what's made him such a good player for so long. So uh, the, the opportunities out there, we'd love to have him, you know, whether he comes back and plays or whatnot, I guess that'll still yet to be seen, but yeah, I mean, a guy like Rob, we'd love to have. And um, the, the invitation is always on the table when, when he wants to take it. Greg, you moved right into another career and you're doing fantastic work uh, as an analyst for Fox Sports. What was the, the biggest challenge for you transitioning from the field to the booth? You know, like anything, I think just learning, learning a new skill set, learning a new industry um, always has its challenges. And, and that was the that was the case with the TV stuff. Um, you know, talking the game, seeing the game, that was the easy part. I think, you know, learning the mechanics of a booth, learning the mechanics of what's going on with the production truck and producers and directors and the tech guys, you know, talking in your ear and making sure you understood the the cadence of an NFL game and when it was time to speak and when it was time to get out of the way. So, you know, that was really the the biggest um you know, that was really the biggest learning curve that the football is the football, seeing what you see and talking is always something I've enjoyed doing. Um, I was really fortunate to, to join a crew that just had a ton of experience with Burkhart and uh, Pam Oliver and then our producer and our director and the entire team. So just to be able to lean on them, ask them a lot of questions, kind of learn on the fly, make some mistakes, but, uh, you know, kind of grow along with it. It was, it was a really fun experience. And, um, I've been given a lot of really cool opportunities at a young, you know, kind of at an early stage of my career. And for that, I'm grateful. And I'm looking forward to, you know, calling the A crew this year and calling a Super Bowl alongside Kevin. And it's um, it's going to be a really cool opportunity. And, and speaking of that, being elevated to that A crew right in your second season with Fox. I mean, what, what does that mean to you to know that, hey, they appreciate the work that you've done and they recognize the talent that you have? It means a lot, you know, but then you also realize, all right, you, you know, they trust you to, to hold on to this position and, you know, we'll see how long that lasts. Obviously we all understand the circumstances surrounding it, but, um, you know, I, I'm going to take it and run with it. I'm going to try to maximize, uh, you know, the opportunity that's been given me and like, you know, just like my playing career, you know, and I, and I've told the guys at Fox, like, I'm going to try to take this thing and hang on to it as long as I can and make it really hard to replace me. You know, that's just, that's my mindset. Um, but for them to trust me with 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 the Super Bowl and trust me with being on, you know, the best game of, of the week on primetime national TV alongside, you know, Kevin and Aaron and Tom Rinaldi. I mean, it's a it's a special group um, to be trusted to, to be a member of that means a lot. And, you know, I'm going to do my best to not let them down and, um, you know, try to go out there and, and have a great year. And hopefully people enjoy listening to the way we see the game and the way we want to talk about it. You mentioned make it tough for them to replace you. We all know the circumstances and, and what it is with with Tom Brady and the future. If it were someone else, would you feel a different kind of way about that? I mean, it's Tom Brady. Yeah, I mean, it's Tom Brady. I I, I get it. If that's there's there's not many people on earth that are going to win uh, win a battle for you know for a position with with a guy like Tom. And and I understand that. You know, I'm not naive. I I understand the realities at play, but. You know, along the same line, I'm going to go out there and, and be me. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to try to call the games the way I, I see them. And, and people last year seemed to really respond to the way Kevin and I called them. They, they, they felt it was a little different. They felt that they learned a lot when they listened. And that's the ultimate goal. We want to entertain people. We want them to, to leave the game feeling like not only did they enjoy it, but they really had a good insight and, and really walked away with some interesting, um, some interesting observations. So that that's, that's not going to change. And, yeah, I mean, I, I I feel like I'm ready for it. It's a job that obviously everybody in the world probably wanted, and um, I'm I'm just thankful that 
I get first crack at it and have a great year. Greg, your last season in the league, you played in Seattle with Russell Wilson. Uh, I know you recently had him on your podcast. What do you expect out of Russ as he goes to Denver year one? Could it be a successful season if he does, if he doesn't follow in the footsteps of Brady and Stafford leaving their team, winning a Super Bowl in the first season with a, a new one? Yeah, I mean, that, that might be tough. I'm not sure if he's inheriting necessarily the same roster that, that Brady and, and, and Stafford inherited when, when, as you said, when they switched teams, um, you know, those teams that they joined were, were very talented. They were really good in all the right places. And then obviously you add a marquee player at the quarterback position and, you know, the rest is history. I'm not sure that's the exact situation he's inheriting. It's a really difficult division. Um, You know, he's surrounded by other prominent, you know, guys, obviously, you know, Herbert and and Mahomes and Derek and, and Carr. So, I think in that regard, it's a little more of a challenge, but I do think that roster is young. I do think they're talented. I do think he has the weapons, and I think his leadership, his presence, what he brings to an organization will have a, a, an immediate impact on everybody around him. He'll elevate the play. He'll elevate the preparation and the standard of everybody on that team just with his presence, just with the way he you know handles himself. So I think in that regard, he's going to have a lot of success, You know, whether that turns into a year one Super Bowl. I'm not quite, I'm not sure I'd go that far, but I don't think anything with Russell would necessarily, necessarily surprise me. You played with MVP Cam Newton. He still wants to play in a league. We know what the last couple of years look like for him. What do you see, or what did you see when he was out there on the field? And do you think he can get back to any, any kind of old pro bowl type level numbers? I mean, I, I just, as a friend, just personally, I'd love to see him back in the league. I mean, obviously I think the world of Cam and, and what we were able to do together and the impact that he had on my career and, and, and all of those things, you know, whether, whether that's as a starter, whether that's, I, I don't know, I don't know where those things stand. I, I know just the competitive spirit that he has that he's not going to go down without a fight. He's not going to go down without working his head, you know, working his tail off to, to prepare and get himself in the best shape to, if a team does want him to come into camp and a team does want him to come in and, and battle for that starting job, I, I don't think, you know, he's never going to back away or shy away from that. That's just not how he's, it's not how he's wired. So, I, I mean, I, I think the NFL is better with him in it, um, but obviously I'm biased um, just as a friend of his and someone who thinks, you know, thinks highly of him. So I, I, I hope he gets another shot. I hope it's not the last we've seen of him, but I think if it is, um, there's so many unbelievable memories that I know I have and, and so many fans around the league, um, you know, will remember him by. How difficult is it to be in your position now as an analyst who's not far removed at all from the league and having friends that you played with and on other teams? How difficult is it to sometimes you have to be critical of of guys and, you know, you can be critical of their performance without attacking them, obviously. Yeah, I think that's the key. I think what you just said right there is, is the is the exact situation. I mean, all guys that sign up for the NFL, we all know what we signed up for. We understood when we signed up that we we're going to be criticized, we're going to be critiqued. Every move we make is going to be evaluated. And um, if you don't have the desired result, people are going to, they're going to come down on you. But I think like you just said, you're never attacking the player. You're never attacking the individual. You're never calling out their, their desire to their love. I mean, these guys are professionals. Every guy who's worked their whole lives for this opportunity, some are better than others. Some play better than others. Some guys catch better than others, run better than others. That that's just, that's the reality of the league. Um, not everyone is created equal, but everyone does deserve to be respected. And everyone does deserve when they're spoken to or spoken about um, that they're spoken to like a professional athlete and that they're, that they're respected. But if, if guys 
fall short or if guys aren't doing what's expected of them or what's necessary to win or necessary to play at, at a high level, then that needs to be pointed out to the viewer. And uh, sometimes it's hard, but that's that's the reality of the job that all of us have, both within the game and also now those of us whose jobs it is to criticize and comment and analyze. Um, it all comes with the territory. Greg, before we finish up, I just wanted to ask you about TJ. How's he doing? I know you guys just hit a big milestone. I just remember uh, seeing, hearing about it, putting prayers out there and and everything else. How's he doing? He's doing great. That's actually why we're out of town. Um, This past weekend was his one-year heart transplant anniversary, and uh, we came down here. We we held a big charity event um, to to expand our current work in the Charlotte market down down to the area of Charleston, South Carolina. So we held a big event on Sunday and Monday. It was a golf outing and a concert and a big uh, kind of a kickoff to bringing our program and bringing our services here to MUSC Children's Hospital, um, which is which is in Charleston. So that's why we're uh, we're down here. And uh, it was it was a special week for our family. For him to celebrate that one year milestone was just was we. It's hard to believe it's been a year um, that we were sitting in those that hospital room last year waiting uh, for his transplant. So. It's uh, it's it's been great to see him grow and develop and and just continue to improve and we're just so thankful and grateful that he's doing as well as he is. Last one for you as a father, I, I know what how difficult that can be. What got you through? What helped you uh, and your wife during that time? You know, I think there's times in in everything where you know there's no time to think about how hard it is. There's no time to think about you know, how long it's going to take, you just do it, right? You, you don't have a choice. You know, you're a parent, you're a parent, you're a dad, you're a husband, um, you're a father, you, you, you got to do what's necessary. And, uh, you know, those days in the hospital got long. We didn't know how long, we didn't even know how long it would be. You know, we started a race that we didn't know where the finish line was. And that's always difficult. That's, it's a hard thing for, for us to kind of wrap our heads around. But, um, but again, we, we had no alternative yet to just put our head down and, and just fight every day and, and do what's best for him every single day. And not every day was great. Not every day was a win. Not every day was a step forward. But we had a lot more forward than we did backward. And that's why we sit here, you know, now a little over a year out and um, have a lot to be thankful for and, and have a lot to be grateful for. But, yeah, it's, it's not easy. It's not it's it's not something I wish on my worst enemy, but uh, it was the hand that we were dealt. and. We uh, we had no time to complain. We had no time to feel sorry for ourselves. We just had to get it done. Greg, thanks again, man. I, I appreciate it. I look forward to seeing what you guys do with Tight End University and with Bridgestone. And uh, I'll definitely will connect uh, somewhere here in the summer. I look forward to it. We'll take all the prayers we can get. So thank you so much. And uh, I appreciate you covering TEU and, and our program with Bridgestone and the Boys and Girls Club. And um, I appreciate you helping us get the word out there. Thanks so much. Located 25 minutes from Center City, Philadelphia, Cairn University is a biblical university centered on Christ and His Word. In any one of our 70-plus on-campus or online programs, you will receive an explicitly biblical and intentionally Christian education that integrates your faith and work. Be taught and mentored by invested faculty. Participate in a dynamic campus life. And grow in your faith as you prepare for what's next. Learn more about our undergrad and graduate programs at cairn.edu. That's C-A-I-R-N dot E-D-U. Time. 
time for some final thoughts. The number of women suing Deshaun Watson for sexual misconduct is now up to 24 as two more have joined the lawsuit. Watson has denied the allegations, and he's getting ready to play for the Cleveland Browns. But another disturbing story out this week detailing some of the accounts and some of the activity with the massage therapist. The Browns, who traded a ton for him, gave him a fully guaranteed five-year, $230 million contract despite his ongoing legal problems. Well, they're not saying anything. Browns coach Kevin Stefanski said he's going to let the process play out. The NFL, of course, they're not saying anything publicly because the investigation into whether Watson violated the league's personal conduct policy. That's still ongoing. Now, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I can't imagine how Watson would be allowed to step foot on a field for any game, a preseason game or a regular season game without serving any type of suspension. It keeps getting worse before it gets any better. That's it for this week. Thank you to Greg Olson, and thank you for listening. Please be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to your pods. Also, check out my colleague, Ralph Russo, and his AP Top 25 college football podcast. Until next week, I'm Rob Motti reminding you, make a difference. Be a blessing. The AP Pro Football Podcast is presented by Cairn University. Located 25 minutes from Center City, Philadelphia, Cairn University is a biblical university centered on Christ and His Word. In any one of our 70-plus on-campus or online programs, you will receive an explicitly biblical and intentionally Christian education that integrates your faith and work. Be taught and mentored by invested faculty. Participate in a dynamic campus life and grow in your faith as you prepare for what's next. Learn more about our undergrad and graduate programs at cairn.edu. That's C-A-I-R-N dot E-D-U.